Hello. Hello. There you go. It's all, all working. working there we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Right. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll, well, I'll start in a sec, so I'll sort of, uh, we'll wait sort of two seconds of silence, then I'll say, you know, welcome along to the podcast, or the Extra Lab yeah. podcast, Adam Scale, and then we'll, then we'll sort of get on with the questions and how are you, what you've been up to, blah, blah, blah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, no uh, cool. All right, here we go then. So we'll just wait two seconds. Hi there, welcome to the Extra Lap RC podcast and tonight's guest is Adam Skeldin. Thanks a lot for coming on, Adam. Really appreciate you taking your time out your evening to spend some time with us. Uh, no problem, Mark. How are you doing? Excellent. Yeah, good, thanks. Good, thanks. Yeah, all fine. Thanks, mate. How's things with yeah, you? Good. Uh, not too bad. Uh, in my workroom, sat uh, practicing and hopefully what I've been preaching for a few years and actually fixing my car after a, ra- a race weekend. Oh, well, rather than doing it at the track. Yeah, <laughs> or doing it the night before you go, just suddenly decide, oh, I want to go racing and all. No, yeah, 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 and the thing falls to bits or something goes wrong. But obviously, manual yeah. caliber, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that that never happens. Oh, god, yeah, yeah, you only think what I've got in front of me. Oh, blimey, <laughs> there it is. I, I assume that's your uh, associated that you're running now. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the associated B6. We've got a B6.1 as well under the desk, I've built uh-huh. that up, but. Still sticking with the old car for the minute. Seems to be going pretty good indoors, actually. So yeah, yeah, no, they go great. The ones you know, obviously, really well. I know that people say the six point ones a good improvement over the six, and and you know, a bit quicker, a bit easier to drive. You know, quite a few yeah. little changes there and things. But yeah, I heard it's all good. Right. Okay. So, um, so yeah, obviously, for those that, uh, well, I'll just give you a bit of an introduction, really, for those that sort of oh, um, you. you know d- don't really know you. Um, so, um, if you, yeah. Obviously, you've been around the, the national scene for, for many, many years. So, so where did you get started in, in RC? Where did it all start from? And obviously, you've been in the trade as well. So, you know, we'll obviously cover that in a bit. But where did it all start for you from, from a sort of racing and RC perspective? Uh, I actually I had to think about this. Uh, <laughs> 1985, I think, was my first. Um, 85, maybe 86, 87, mm-hmm. I think. It's 86, 87, I think, was my first race meeting. Uh, before that, though, I was actually doing uh, motorbike racing. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to race uh, on the beach at Mablethorpe, and we used to do sand racing, did uh, like Southport beach race and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, not the two wheels that you're used. To. I used to race three wheelers. So, oh blimey, the, the, um, the, the, the death traps, as, as we yeah, call them. Yeah, they, yeah, they were at the time. Yeah, um, blimey. My dad got me into into that, and then uh, one of my friends actually he had a, a Tamiya Hornet. And mm-hmm. we used to basically go over to the local park and be jumping around on a nine-hole golf course, causing havoc <laughs> in the jumping out of the uh, like the boomed greens and stuff. So, oh, wicked! Uh, and then I think a bit of pestering for the parents, and I ended up with a Tamiya Falcon from Beatis. Uh, so that'd be that must have been I think it must have been eighty-five, eighty-six around then. Right, right, right. Uh, built it and basically. Bit like people do now, just bashing, just going and mm-hmm. messing around with your mates in the park and local car parks and stuff, and just sticking around with the car. Really, mm-hmm. back in those days, it was uh, five minutes fun time for like best part of twelve hours charging. Time, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember the dream when I got a fast charger and another battery. You know, oh, so yeah. it blew yeah. my mind being able to, you know, keep keep going and going and going. That's still the obviously the resistor started glowing and the mechanical speedo, and then yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, just three-stage servo-powered uh, uh, control at that yeah. yeah, 540 motor. And, I know, the, kid, the, kids, the kids don't realise how good they got it these days, do they? No, really <laughs> don't. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing I've noticed since, since I started way back then. So 
My dad then spotted something in the local paper, mm-hmm. and it was a local meet, a local club, and they're running behind the back of a pub near us called the Three Legged Stool. All right. And I turned up, absolutely no idea. Just turned up. It was in a car park marked out, and it was manual counting, so it was hand handwritten uh, score charts back in the day. But oh, blimey. I literally had no idea, didn't even know that it, that sort of thing existed. The race yeah, yeah. So it was uh, good fun. And for the very first meeting, I ended up, uh, well, uh, bumping into uh, Carl Marsden. Ah, know that name. Yep, yep. So I've literally known Carl since my very first race meeting. Oh, that's nice, yeah. And it was a uh, club run by the All Crofts and Scopolites, uh, the Bassett Road Buggy Club. Uh, oh, right, so okay, yeah. What has now through a couple of more things years later has ended up being uh, what everyone knows now as Worksop mm-hmm. uh, and is actually racing at the same venue that we used to race at back in those days. Oh, wow, that's awesome, yeah. So it kind of, a lot of it all came around full circle uh, mm-hmm. when we started uh, racing back in, uh, back in Worksop. Blimey, so yeah. do you see, see many of the old faces at, at the work? You know, do you go to Worksop sometimes and race there? Uh, I've stopped. Uh, I've stopped racing cause, uh, there because it it just got too long a day uh, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I stopped racing there about four or five years ago now because mm-hmm. I used to go and do the track on on a Saturday night. All right, or oh, right. Yeah, afternoon, yeah, so yeah. It's not taking a lot of time, and at that time, just got oh, got a young family. So yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. And it starts. It starts to. Uh, it starts to uh, weigh down you a little bit, and. It's a long day when you're in there seven hours or from seven till seven, twelve. Yeah, hours. it's a sort of whole weekend, isn't it? You know. Yeah, suddenly, and oh, right. when you're young, you don't really, you don't really notice that. When yeah, you're yeah, yeah. And you, yeah. It, but uh, it was uh, no, so I went uh, a couple of weeks ago to see mm-hmm. uh, Neil and uh, the guys. Still keep mm-hmm. in touch with a lot of guys. From yeah, places. yeah, yeah. It's good. It's so weird sometimes. Like you see a lot of old places that you've recognised from years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a long time ago, it seems to be a hobby that has stood the test of time. From what I can gather, there's a lot of people who I've known from, like I said, when I first started racing. So James Helliwell, uh, mm-hmm. Carl Marsden, uh, trying to think of some other names now. Eugene Galley, uh, oh, yeah, people, yeah, like, yeah. people like that that I've known really from like, very first few meetings or very first like years or so of mm-hmm. racing, but have become good friends, and it has it's formed a Big part of my life, it's ended up becoming my job. So yeah, yeah I was going to say, so so you, you sort of went on from your your Tamiya days and at the or, you know the workshop club where the you know where the beyond the pub kind of thing racing. So when when did you um you know sort of take it up a step of you know sort of sorry I put my teeth back in um yeah. you know to sort of take it up a gear with with your racing you know was it um, did you kind of go the regional the national route um you know was that how it was done or yeah I think so I think it was like club meetings and gradually racing. So I mean I used to write. I was joking about this not long ago, actually. Um, I used to race six times a week. Oh, my God. Used to race, I, uh, basically, it was six times a week, and the other day that I didn't do, I played um, badminton. <laughs> Blimey, busy so, boy. Then that's probably, why you're, well, that's probably why you're pretty handy, then, all that practice when you're a youngster. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I think if you ask my dad, I think some of the practice just wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably cost him a ton of money and bits, and, you know, you won't get any yeah, quicker. So, yeah, but... Uh, it, we were in like a bit of quite a bit of a hotbed. We could race. I could literally race every day of the week. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Monday, Golden Hind. Tuesday, Royal Marsh. Wednesday, Warsaw. Thursday, I played badminton, so I don't know. 
Friday, I uh, raced at Bassett Law Saturday. Again, there was like something going on on a Saturday and a Sunday. It was like they're normally the bigger meetings, so like, maybe that's when they started to race at regionals. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I actually don't know when my first regional was. That was something I really struggled to find. Oh, I've, right, got okay. a, yeah. I've got a lot of firsts. I, uh, my dad a few years ago gave me like a book with all my old racing photos. And oh, stuff. brilliant! All old cars, but yeah, actually, first region I don't remember. Blimey. So, have, have you started buying back all the old stuff? Like, uh, you know, I know quite a few of the boys, like you know, Lee Martin, etc., been buying Predators up and Lossy Double X's and Cougar Two Thousands and all that stuff. So, have you, have you sort of got that got in that habit yet, or not? Uh, well, being a northerner, I'm pretty tight with that sort of stuff. I've got <laughs> most of mine on my wall behind me. Oh, that's oh, uh, wicked. Oh, cool. Uh, so, uh, I've got like a double X4, all my favourite cars. Oh, brilliant. Oh, that's nice, because a, pe- a lot of people sold them to fund other cars back in the day, and then, you know, then they're sort of gone yeah. forever, and you have to pay a fortune for them now, you know. A bit like yeah. I'm doing with, my, you know, some of my RC10s and Cougars and other stuff I've been buying, you know, over the years, you know. So, and I know Predators have gone a bit mad, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred pounds for an old Pred oh, now. Great. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah, gone, gone a bit crazy, isn't it, the old vintage, vintage stuff. So, yeah, so then, um, so what sort of age were you when you, you kind of got into the, the national scene? Because I know you, were, uh, you you sort of did, did did quite a lot of national races. Uh, so I probably did my first national uh, maybe the year before I went to university. So I was probably eighteen. All right, okay. Maybe eighteen, nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, started. That's when it started to kick off. Kind of just about the wrong time. Normally, when most people. I was going to say most people normally stop then, don't they? When yeah, they, but when I... they find you know booze, girls, uni, etc., and then you know they come yeah. back to it a bit later on, but. Yeah, so I got uh, almost leading a bit of a double life, really. Because, like, at university in Nottingham during uh, the in Nottingham during the weekend, mm-hmm. weekends would be my dad would be knocking on the door on like a Friday or Saturday, and would be off all over all over the country racing. Mm-hmm. And friends at university kind of sort of some got it, some didn't. When I moved mm-hmm. into the house in like second year, people kind of it was the same people, so they were just used to seeing my dad picking me mm-hmm. up and be off racing. Yeah. And a few of them actually turned up where they all met, um, met me down at Eden Park for a national one year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's yeah, one, of my, one of my local ones. Yeah, so it took them out in a nice out racing style and they were like, oh, so this is why you do it. Yeah, yeah, just an excuse to go and get hammered, yeah. yeah like-minded people. Higher back in the day. and that's, that's the other thing that really I've noticed recently is there isn't that sort of, you see, probably see it. Uh, footballers in the seventies mm-hmm. where they were like out on the on the town night before and then get up and go to a match. Yeah, yeah. And we were doing the same. We were like out the town, dressing it up in a different part of the country, mm-hmm. and oh, then uh, getting up and trying to drive your car around. Yeah, in the yeah. I remember Booty saying, you know, he'd like uh, miss, he'd just about make it to the to, to the you know last round of qualifying, hung over as anything, you know, smash a timing, make you know make the A final, and then crack on from there. Really, so you know, I think yeah. Probably the done thing back there, but I know obviously like like any sport these days, things have got a lot more professional now, a lot, oh, more, God, yeah. a lot more techy and and like like anything from you know like me and you are pretty into our cycling and things, you know, the you know the, the way you train, the way you eat, you know, everything else is is so critical now to getting a good performance. So yeah, certainly, you know, sport oh, yeah. sport in general has moved on now. Yeah, they uh, yeah, the the kids nowadays it's, it is actually really nice to see because there's been a lot. Probably the last two three years I've noticed. 
a few kids getting really good, and it's nice to see fresh blood, which mm. did seem didn't, did seem to stagnate a little. Where it was the same people, yeah, uh, yeah and yeah. there didn't seem to be a new generation of kids coming through. But now there's some really good talent, like uh, Hall, Callens. I mean, I'm just picking one side to see from uh, the some of the WhatsApp groups I'm on, and they're just. The kids now are ridiculous. And the, uh, ben Smith, young lad from our region. Yeah, yeah. He's got only 13, 14. Yeah, yeah I know and, the lad you mean, yeah, yeah. And you can see it. There's some people at that age, they've, they've got it. And mm, it's mm. great to see them, that they've got it. And it's just then a matter of having, getting the right support behind them and nurturing them to... Okay, people see it as just a hobby, but some people at that age, it is. Mm, mm. It's better than PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, massively. Yeah, get, get, get some out of the house, get some, you, you know, uh, out in the fresh air and, and interacting with lots of different people from lots of different ways of life. So there's a lot, I think there's a lot more to racing, just generally, no matter what you're racing, you know, to all the people you meet in the paddock and, and everything yeah. else, you know, it gives a lot of good life skills, you know, outside of just the, the, the fun of competing and, and whatever, yeah, you know. But to you, know, like, you've got people like um, you know, Paul Crompton, you know, who's, who's really yeah. come on this past couple of years and really pushing on with the you know, the big names now, you know, doing all the EOS yeah, stuff he's... now and he's we had a lot of help from Lee, etc. And, you know, it's really, really good to see. Like you say, there's fresh blood coming in and us old boys, uh, you know, when we come to hang oh, our no. transmitters up, that, you know, that there's there's going to be people there and the hobby's going to carry on, which is, you know, like I say, excellent yeah, to see. Yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of uh, technology recently did help. Like, it's one of the things I think, uh, brushless and lipo. Mm-hmm. Suddenly that made it so much more accessible. I mean, we joked about it right at the start that kids nowadays don't know they're born. Mm-hmm, mm. they're, we're dri- they're driving around and like, oh, my, my car's on flat. I've done 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. like struggling to do five. Yeah. Tw- yeah. 1,200 milli- milli- to play with on a very slow car on grass. Yeah, 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 and you know, like, you'd have to sort of get, get nice and smooth on the throttle finger and, and sit, you know, then you get that sort of dreaded last minute when the, you can start to feel the car that go and the cells are starting to dump, yeah. and you know, it's this horrible feeling when, you, when you're doing well, you know. So, and buying all the matched cells and the, the stock motors and the brush motors and the skimming and the oh god, you know, all the stuff we had to do back then, you know, it was a... yeah, but I think that's where bushless and motors really helped. It's taken out the uh. The big bit, the big bit before was like you used to get cells, and if you didn't have the best cells, you were you were on a hiding to nothing to start. Mm, with. Mm, mm. But now the, the the playing field's level more, much more level. It's down to driving talent and setup. Yeah, um, massively. It, yeah. But you know, there's no nowhere to hide now. Have you pretty much got access to the same stuff? The cars are far too fast. Mm. Uh, you're not struggling. You can never say your car's not as fast as you can't make it as fast as someone else. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, we're just all, go, just they're, go. All as, they're all as quick as each other now, so it's just yeah. driving time, which I think really helps, and I think that's where the hobby seems to have picked back up again, with the racing side. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, massively, massively. So, um, so, so from your sort of uni days, obviously, I, you know, me, me and you first met at uh, Mirage Enterprises and, and HPI, yeah. you know, um, probably. I don't know, fifteen years ago, I suppose. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. so no, known each other a while there. So, 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 sort of from university, how did you um, get into the RC industry? Uh, well, by hook and crook, really. Uh, I started off at, um, after a year leaving uni with a degree in mechanical engineering. I started mm-hmm. off, um, learnt CAD software, then taught CAD software for, for two years for, mm-hmm. with Autodesk. 
All right, yeah. Then used uh, that got me into working uh, at a uh, company who kind of headhunted me. I basically taught them how to use the software, and they were like, "Can we have you in our drawing office?" <laughs> so I ended up in the drawing office of um, a powder processing company. So we designed machines that were like uh, eight meters tall and five meters in diameter, big oh, powder, okay. powder machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from from there, in I think it was two thousand, uh, mostly down actually, two thousand two, I got made redundant from there, and. Uh, Jamie Booth uh, was at Mirage at the time mm-hmm. knew that I'd got made redundant and said yeah there may be a job coming up soon uh, I'll put you in touch with uh, Jason who mm-hmm. I knew from racing days one of my first sponsors with the Ryan and Corrali back in the day yeah yeah and he said, no, that's, well that's Jason Dearden by the way for those yeah. that, uh, that, that that don't know the names here Jason Dearden who, who sort of ran Mirage and, and, and involved in HPI now Armour as well so yeah just for a bit of background there but yeah, sorry carry on Adam yeah so uh, I ended up uh, getting an interview and like the job wasn't there at the start so I started off in the warehouse and basically it was just tidying me over it was just cash to kind of back up my redundancy pay at the time mm-hmm. while I was still searching for another job and it uh, came to the crunch and then basically I said, well, if, if there's nothing going to be happening, then I'm going to have to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, right, let me, uh, let me talk to the guys in the States. And within, I think, a week, I was in the States. Oh, wow. Uh, for four weeks getting trained up on SolidWorks, which mm-hmm. I've been using now since you know, 2002. And basically meeting the guys at HPI and, uh, and that was it. At the start of... Uh, so, yeah, I was at HPI for seven, eight years then, uh, designing cars, which was kind of the job I wanted to do from when I was at doing A-level. Yeah, yeah, no, but um, yeah, there's worse things to be drawing and designing, and obviously the, uh, you know, I, I know I know nowadays, you know, people just buy the car, look at the setup online and chuck it on the track, and they're, they're pretty damn fast, but obviously the engineering that goes behind all the geometry and and, and the materials that we use and the flex characteristics. And, you know, when you start um, breaking it down from an engineering perspective, you know, there's, there's, you know, so much to it. And when, you know, I take, I, I remember, you know, walking past you when, when you sat at your machine with, you know, a stack of cars under your desk, you know, with the calipers out measuring stuff, looking at what the competition are up to and things and, and all the different materials you had there. And you know, this was the time before obviously 3d printing was pretty big. So, you know, you, you had to do a hell of a lot of homework, I suppose, before you got to, um, you know, injection mold tools made and all that, that great cost, uh, you know, there, there yeah. as well. So, so what, what was, um, so from, a, um, you know, your, your HPI days, you know, so what were some of the standout vehicles that you, that you sort of designed and worked on then? Uh, so um, working on first was, uh, when I started there, was the re- release of the Savage. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that was a pretty groundbreaking truck back then. Mm, God, Didn't yeah, really... such, such a popular, but, you know, sold. Really I, don't know how many, I don't know how many were, were sold, but, oh, you know, it, but it, tens and hundreds of thousands, you know, loads globally, wasn't there? Oh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a massive car. It was one of those projects that they got, they really did get right. They hit the nail, sweet, bang in the head. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And it, it, it outstripped him. And I remember the first batch coming in and it was, it it went out the door straight away and we were like then rushing for the next batch, but I uh, didn't really do much design. It was a lot of testing. Mm-hmm. Um, so around that time, it was nitro engine with a big thing and nitro fuel because batteries just weren't that good. We were mm. still on NICAD batteries. We weren't even on nickel metal hydride back then. Mm-hmm. 
the batteries weren't great, so you didn't get a lot of runtime out of your electric car. So nitro fuel uh, was the big uh, bashing scene uh, mm -hmm. where people got a lot of fun bang for the buck. Yeah. And once we got the engine sorted, because getting a, an engine of that size and a truck that big was quite a fiddle and getting a fuel tank to get a decent runtime, it used to get like 10 minutes out of the tank. Mm -hmm. Um it was quite hard work and um, many blistered fingers from cool start back then <laughs> with nitro fuel on your fingers. Yeah. And I remember speaking to Jason, who came up, uh, Jason did, and he came up and found me when I was testing. I said, what do you think to it? And I said, this is the most fun I've had with my pants on. <laughs> <laughs> because like, there was just nothing like it then. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, they were so, like, so quick and you could backflip and forflip them, you know, they were they took an absolute so pounding, fun. you know, and, and uh, yeah, you know, I remember all the demos that, that uh, you know, me, you, Greg, etc. did, you know, absolutely brilliant time, you know, in the British touring cars and other stuff back then that HPI oh, were involved in. So, you know, obviously some of the stories we can't talk about on air, but, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, you know. It's after show. Yeah, exactly, yeah, the VIP a podcast that no one gets to listen to but uh yeah you know yeah absolutely yeah groundbreaking car so you know uh, and uh, it's still going today isn't it you know it's obviously very yeah. it's had various evolutions but you know sort of your handiwork has played part in such a you know yeah, so, ground groundbreaking car really yeah so that was a lot of testing mm -hmm. but the first car I really got my teeth into uh was a sprint two which was um an rtr like touring car as mm -hmm. well it was basically a club racer, cheap spec, good handling. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was the first car I actually got to work on, uh, on my own. And mm -hmm. I think that launched 2000, end of 2003. Mm -hmm. And that, even that car is now still going to this day. I think yeah. that's been through some evolutions. It's still the basic, same basic car. I think it may oh, brilliant. Brand, yeah. So. Yeah, nice to good. see, but mm. a lot of stuff at HPI after that was um, a lot of R&D testing it, i was mainly on the testing side so we'd get the mm -hmm. cars go and test them bash them to death and just improve them until we got them to a point where they were good enough for customers to uh, to actually take or go and go out and buy mm -hmm. because going right from the original first samples to um final production it depends on the car it's it can be quite a short uh short timeline or quite a long timeline mm -hmm. it depends on if it's really really a new car or is it just an evolution of something that's already out there but uh so you do take a lot of time or getting cars right uh even nowadays it's even actually probably even more nowadays because there's so much so much competition and you've got to mm. get things right the power of the internet now where people can uh rate and slate online yeah uh, yeah and i mean it's before it was model shops that passed around the information and they were your, you'd go into a model shop and ask, oh, what's your best car? And mm. Now you don't go to a model shop, it's you go online and everything's instant. It's, yeah, yeah. It's there and so you've got to be careful. You've got to make sure you've done the research and, and time uh, up front in testing the car and making sure that it's good for the kids to go and, uh, and the dads to go and buy. Yeah, yeah. It's normally the dads that sold yeah. the money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, too right, too right. Oh, brilliant. So, so then, um, you know, from your sort of HPI days, I know that uh, you know, obviously, Hot Bodies were the or HB Racing as it is now. You know, Hot Bodies yeah. was a, was a, a brand within the HPI group, as it were. So, 
And I suppose with your off-road background, you, you started having to play with the D4. And was there, was there a um, – somebody sent us a question, actually. Um, you know, was there was a hot bodies car that they saw at the Nationals. I think it was a two-wheel drive that never actually yeah. made production, was it? But, you know, obviously, yeah, talk to us a bit about the hot bodies cars and how that came around. Yeah, so uh, the race side, uh, we had um, the owner of hot bodies, Tatsuro, uh, had a um, – always loved his racing. And he, uh, that's how he started HPI, which basically the first thing he did was a racing motor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, um, yeah, so around 2005, 2006, maybe seven, mm-hmm. yeah, about seven, because it was around the world when the Hot Bodies D4 prototype first started getting wheeled around. And mm-hmm. it was a shaft drive, four wheel drive car, and so basically natural progression because from a racing side. Uh, helped out with uh, one of the designers, um, not really on the design side, again, just testing and mm-hmm. giving feedback. That's what it was. It was working with guys like Hara, mm-hmm. um, Travis. Um, the Mexico, and, yeah. yeah. Um, Hayato Matsusaki, who ended up winning a world, but not with our car, which was weird. We were the two-wheel <laughs> drive world. <laughs> but, uh, hey, just working with those guys and just getting, getting a car, again, it was, the time when um, a lot of car, a lot of people had some scratch building cars or four wheel drives, a lot, a lot of four wheel drive scratch building going, mm-hmm. going on when Brushless first started coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of belt drive cars are really struggling, so people were dodging together TC3s into off road cars. Yeah, that Mister O thing and and all of that. Yeah, I remember that. And, yeah, and so... X, X5s and and you know double x4s getting wheeled out and you know yeah all that stuff yeah and i you know so, obviously remember that you know i remember the car in you know my region it was really really popular bit of kit you know i remember selling plenty myself for, for my um hpi yeah. days and you know, it, was, it was a great car it looked really really nice all the nice carbon and purple alloy etc you know it was a yeah. lo- lovely bit of kit and you know um drove really really well nice and safe and easy to drive and very quick as well so i know, I know it's pretty um you know popular popular car back in the day yeah, so to go to that guy's question, um, yeah, there's a hot body D2 on my wall. Aha, uh-huh. oh wow, uh, blimey. So it will be the one you saw at the National. It made uh, made an A final with it at Southport National. And we, 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 were you driving it? Yeah, first time out. Wow, uh, that's, that's, a, was... that's, that's pretty damn impressive, you know. Obviously, A, that, you know, brand new car and, and obviously making an A final in its debut, you know, it's well impressive. Yeah, so... We um where did we go to? We went to uh, America to hot rod shootout. So there's me, Hara, uh, Travis, and Jesse Roberts ran the car, mm-hmm. and it went really well. Uh, Travis won a leg of the main with uh, the hot rod hobby shootout <laughs> with, with the car. And it was a really good car. Uh, I mean, a lot of people looked at the idea of having a metal. Uh, shafted down the middle and plastic side pods and thought it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know. Now, 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 um, now, now, look at all the cars these days, eh? Yeah. So it was. I mean, okay, it was quite wide back then when you look at it, but mm. uh, I mean, some of the um, I know my styling sometimes. I I still get pulled up for it now that my styling's a little bit form follows function. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a really good car. It had it was a mid motor version that never broke cover either. Mm-hmm. So there was basically one where uh, the gearbox, because at that time the X Factory, Hara had also tried running the X Factory. Oh, yeah, yeah, the X6, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so we swapped uh, 
well, I drew up a gearbox so it would go the other way around and fit in the car. Mm-hmm. So there was a mid-motor version. It wasn't. Blimey. So it's quite ahead uh, of quite ahead of its time then, yeah. Because I suppose back, uh, I suppose back then it was all B four. Was that the B four era associated B four? Yeah. So it was ba- yeah. yeah. Next to it is my old B four. Uh, so they do look very similar because at that time the B four was a, an all dominating car. Mm-hmm. In the UK, Neil at that time I think it was unbeaten for two years. I think it did like twelve two wheel drive A final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, was an amazing platform I for mean, AE, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it's not just the car. I mean, it's, a, it's not a bad driver. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. No, it's pretty handy, or Neil. So, um, yeah, so it was nice. A uh, bit of a tear in my eye when that first run, you know, I was like a B final driver, mm-hmm. B, C final driver, and two, two yeah. was never my forte. Mm-hmm. And then that first run, and I think I was six. Wow. That's awesome. And people were like, it had like, turned and suddenly what's that is running yeah yeah because it did look a little bit like a b4 at the time, yeah but it yeah, wasn't yeah i just i mean one of those things i've come back just from two weeks of driving in the states so i was pretty i've been driving for a while and it just ingrained into me okay a different surface but uh, oh brilliant so so how, how come it never made um no production then or was it was yeah. it sort of was it you know um, kind of just before the the mid motor thing really kicked off or and it kind of you know before it got sort of dedicated cars or what was the story there? It'll uh, I don't know. Oh, I really, okay, <laughs> I, I really don't know. It's one of one of one the of... reasons I ended up. Um, not one of the reasons it was in the back of my mind that I ended up when I left mm-hmm. HPI. Yeah, yeah. It was always a little bit of. Um, I suppose it. I suppose it. I suppose it depends on you know the 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 you know the business case behind it, the money, the investment to go to to full production, etc. So you know somebody somewhere probably had to make a decision, and and unfortunately, you know, with how quick it was on track, it didn't didn't make it. You know, it didn't it didn't seem to add up though that all the molds were already made. Oh really? Oh crikey! Right. I mean, it's a molded car. It's the car I've got on my wall. Is there's not one bit of. 3D printing. So it's, it's pretty much the finished started. article you've got set there and in your workshop. Yeah. There. So it was, um, it was a little hmm. bit confusing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Toward when I ended up leaving HP, it was I remember in my leaving interview, it was one of the things they were like asking what like, what could they have done? I'm like, well, could have uh, could have helped me release the D2. Yeah. yeah <laughs> There's exactly. nothing yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. A few finishing touches, but. It yeah. Was, uh, oh, mad, yeah. isn't it? Oh, what a shame, um, you know. That could have, you know, it, you know, what could have been? I imagine you must think to yourself, you know, how quick could that car have gone? You know, if you'd. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Never, uh, probably never realised its full potential at that time. But mm-hmm. Quite, it's a sad thing, but quite nice that I've still got one, and I know. Crikey, so yeah. Point. It's nice to prove a point with your own car. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I can imagine. You know, I've uh, you know ne- never, uh, you know, I've got a few friends that have uh, you know knocked up some cars in the past. You know, we, we uh, um, you know, the Predators that were made down with Team Extreme. You know, friends with those guys and Will Johnson, yeah. who's knocked up some of those lovely aluminium cars, the Vegas, and 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 some of the prototype stuff he's working on yeah. now. You know, it must be a lovely feeling to see something you've made. You know. Go, go really, really well on track with your own designs and ideas, you know, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so, go on, sorry. No, I was just going to say, so from the, um, so obviously from you leaving, you know, HPI and, and, and Hot Bodies there, so um, was it on straight onto Durango then? Was it after that or? Yeah, it was uh, straight onto Durango at that time. Mm-hmm. 
uh, my boss Jason had left HBR as well, and uh, I got basically tapped up um, and asked if I wanted to uh, go and work at Durango. Brilliant. And uh, starting job was like team manager role, so basically starting off with nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, uh, I have the first Durango 410 that came into the UK, which is a prototype on the wall. Mm-hmm. As well, that was basically where I started with that car. And again, going going and running, I remember uh, that was back at Southport again. All right, uh, yeah, yeah. Taking it to Southport and going and giving the car a run with no spares whatsoever. It was just a kit. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Uh, quite scary. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. But, uh, don't break anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's only um, one in the world. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah. So it's a big job, big opportunity to basically get a race team. Wow. Uh, from the ground up, which uh, it went really well. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, no, it, I've, I've it was had. Great. Uh... We had uh, we had a great few years with uh, Durango getting four wheel drive. It became quite quickly. Oh, it was, a, it was a, an amazing, you know, amazing piece of kit. You know, I think I've probably in my time I had, I reckon I've owned at least eight four tens in my time. You know, they're at, mm. like, I used to basically wear them out, sell them on, and buy another one. You know, they're absolutely brilliant bit of kit. And I know down in in the southeast where I live and race, you know, the it was hugely popular. The four wheel drive class. I don't think there was a couple of B forty fours, and the, the the rest of the whole meeting was was four tens. You know, it was a yeah. game changer. You know, the gear diffs and 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 you know the, the quality, of the instructions, the, the the finish on on the whole product was was absolutely awesome. You know, and the the, the unique design. Um, and you know, I, I reckon you know I've got I've got one in my workshop actually hung on the wall with my original first you know paint job on it um from, from mm. back in the day i kept hold of the shell but bought a car in bits uh, a few years ago and, and, and hung it up but you know i reckon if you still stuck some modern gear in it it'd still be a super quick car against all the current four-wheel drives out there yeah i think uh yeah, i think it, it, it was a very good car it may have it started to get a little bit long in the tooth and i think it's one of those you you think it might be quick enough but I guess yeah, maybe 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 it's rose tinted glasses and all that, but uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, didn't have anything to do with the original car. Uh, that was all. That was all good, and that, that was that was yeah, Michael, Michael Volmer, Volmer, wasn't it? Yeah, and then Gerd, yeah, Gerd. Gerd was uh, you know involved on the design and test side as well, wasn't he? Yeah, because I mean that car had been around in many forms from like two thousand and two, two thousand and one. I think. Mm, I mean, mm. Gerd, everyone knew Gerd as Mister Durango. Yeah, yeah. The original scratch builder. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, a bit of a legend, a, of a bit of a legend in the sport, wasn't he? And him and Yawn, you okay. know, knocking up cars and going racing and winning, you know, it was a incredible yeah. uh, sort of dynamic duo, weren't they? Really? Yeah, a very talented guy, uh, amazing guy to sit down. Once, once he actually, uh, once he learnt a fair bit of English, I mean, my German was broken at best, <laughs> uh, back from like three, four years of GCSE, but yeah, actually speaking to the guy and what he went through to learn how. I mean, he was uh, born in East Germany, so he all his workshop stuff uh, that he did in his younger life was mm-hmm. basically behind like the Iron Curtain and Climber. all his workshop stuff was just to sit down and talk to the guy for an evening was really good. Yeah, I bet. Really, one of the nicest guys. I mean, he's got a good old temper on him, but a lot of it was just pure passion. Mm-hmm. Um, really not... nice guy, really nice guy to meet and, and chat to him. Like spend fifteen twenty minutes of your life with just to uh, get a good uh, yeah yeah 
Oh, wicked. That sounds cool. You know, yeah. Bit of a, you know, like I say, legend legend in the RC game, you know. So so yeah. from um, obviously working with, with those guys and things, so so what, what, what did you design yourself um when, when you were you know with, with Durango? Uh so Durango I uh Michael uh, left mid two ten and I ended up picking up the like back end of the two ten, so we mm-hmm. kind of got it to a point, but it just needed production engineering. All right, okay, yeah. So Michael had done a lot of the design, and then I ended up picking up the uh, the end of that car mm-hmm. and basically production engineering it to uh, to release. Mm-hmm. And the first time that car got uh, raced was at Upal. All right, I think it's Upal in the national in twenty ten, I think. And who we had Hupo come over from Austria, mm-hmm. and he'd done a lot of work with the car as well. Um, ideas bashing backwards and forwards between with him and Michael and Gerd, uh, and then with me towards the end. And when we came, when he came over and raced it, he had the same, same thing that he wanted to win. He said, you only get uh, a statement that's always stuck with me. You only get one chance to win the first time with a car. Yeah, 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 cocky, yeah. And when it, st- it stuck like that, and afterwards when uh, he TQ'd and won two-wheel drive with that car, it was a big moment. We had we had a big hug. Yeah, it, I bet it was. Yeah. It was one of those moments where you not you'll not have this chance. That's the first meeting that it people it is broke like. Yeah, yeah. Run it, prove how good it is. And so, so I think we had you know the, the, I, the I suppose age. I suppose the old adage is you know race on Sunday, sell on Monday, isn't it? You know, and that was probably yeah. exact exactly that. You know, I mean that I mean that was a groundbreaking car again because it was. Uh, it had the rear motor, mid motor, same gearbox, mm, and so three and th- was... and three and four gear, and then you know, and, and yeah. I, I suppose uh, one thing that must make you smile now is that that slipper arrangement. I know on your six point one, you've got uh, built up. You know that must uh, bring memories back of that slipper yeah. setup. You know, <laughs> it did. It did when I first built it. Cause I, I didn't really. You're like, hang uh, on, hang on a minute. I've seen this somewhere seen before. This before. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's great because it was. Uh, my, I mean, Michael had come up with that uh, that idea, and it was a great, a very simple idea. Mm. And it's one of those where you look at it afterwards and you think, why didn't people do that before? Yeah, and those yeah. Are the, those are the great ideas where afterwards you look at them and you think, ah, oh, yeah, that just works. Why didn't we think of that before? Why is it been Why is it been wrong for all those years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it worked, um, and yeah, it's. Uh, little things have gradually eked out into uh, other cars where the mid, uh, being able to swap your gearbox around the x-ray can do it now mm-hmm. but it has to have two gearboxes because we still have the patent yeah for the uh oh. the other one and it's uh it is nice to see but um and i suppose the, t- the 210 was a, again like the 410 was a massively popular car you know i know a lot of the 410 owners when when as soon as the two-wheel drive broke cover and like you say had that fantastic result you know the they, they were sort of queuing up paying deposits and and yep. I, i'm sure again you sold tons and tons and tons of 210s you know oh god yeah again it was another car we couldn't couldn't keep enough stock they were it's always the same with a brand new car whichever company i think makes them Mm. it's a, a new car but when it was our first two-wheel drive people wanted to match the four-wheel and then you've got brand similarity when you're racing two classes well we tried you can't with two and four-wheel drive it's hard to keep parts are the same but you try to keep as many as you can mm-hmm. for yourself and for the customers to keep car parts cost down for you and also yeah, yeah. two cars running even down to hinge pin lengths mm. 
it might seem trivial, but we try and keep instrument length the same if we can. Mm. Yeah, nice. Because, yeah, makes sense. If we can, it? if we can, like take a millimeter off a wishbone and it not reduce the strength, we will do. If we can keep the expensive part, which is the instrument uh, or the heavy part, and just keep stuff the same, try and keep it the same throughout the car. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes total sense for the consumers and obviously from a manufacturing perspective as well, yeah. you know. Um, so, so obviously the two ten and the, the four ten evolved over over quite a few years, didn't they? We had sort of the the original car, then the V two, V three, V four, and V five. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. And, and was, then, yeah, many many different variants of the cars. Just tried to, because it was an expensive car when it came out. Mm, mm. It seemed like it at the time, but now probably it's not. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so we tried to bring the costs down to get uh, basically taking out of the car where we could. Mm, mm. needed cost because yeah. then people could go back and upgrade in the end because a lot of people wanted the kit and then it, you've got to get it to the masses first rather than it being an elitist car yeah you want yeah. it to get uh, like everyone to have one mm, mm. so uh yeah so you know, two ten and four ten went through uh, quite a few variations and then uh, then obviously the uh, then then probably the you know when we got to the sort of V five era I suppose that was a kind of demise of um, of, of Durango I suppose you know obviously I know that there's obviously been lots in the in the press and online etc you know as to to, yeah. to you know I, I don't know the exact truth of, of of what went wrong you know um, don't know if you uh, can shed any light on it or, or maybe yeah. maybe you do maybe you don't I don't know but uh, you know I, I think uh, the big thing it. It's racing is quite is the thin end of the wedge. Mm. Uh, both in both in terms of this is not sounding disrespectful to any companies or anyone out there. It is just the thin end of the wedge. Mm, mm. We do uh, as racers only see the racing side of the hobby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the bit that pays the guys' wages is the. Uh, I suppose the red, the, the, red, the ready to run stuff. Yeah, and you know, and like it, that, it, huh? as as a racer, you don't. I mean, even me. It, it took a while for me to get used to that because I just raced. I didn't. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Why, why, why would you want to have fun with a car? You know, it's, it's a racing machine. You know, why would you exactly, want to go and yeah. jump it thirty feet in the air and backflip it and do all that kind of mad stuff? You know. Yeah. Until you actually go and do it. Oh and yeah, yeah, like, no, it's, it's, yeah. It's awesome fun. Yeah. Too right. So right. yeah, paying paying people's wages, it starts. It just starts getting mm, expensive. Mm. And, and I suppose when you're running race teams and, and win bonuses and, and this, that and the other, you know, it probably, yeah. it probably gets sales, a bit expensive. If sales don't back it up, then unfortunately it's uh, it's the first thing that's going to go. Mm, uh, mm. Yeah, yeah. The ready-to-run side of the business was doing great. and uh, I mean, So was that armour, the ready-to-run side, was it? Or was that, was yeah. that a different, different sort of uh, no, lot, lot of people? Was, no, it's uh, the same, basically the same group of guys who, mm-hmm. um, it's all been the same company. Right, uh, okay, yeah. Start, uh-huh. uh, in the UK, uh, just we've had different owners. Right, uh, okay, yeah. So we, we were owned uh, first locally and then by, uh, we ended up getting bought out by Hobbyco. Mm-hmm. Like you say, everyone can read read on the internet what's mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to try and get into. I mean, the stuff on there that I don't even understand. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. So. I'm still uh, still in the job. We're all doing great. Uh, mm-hmm. So you still so so obviously for those that don't know, Armour do uh, you know again big in the big in America. You know, big big uh, into the kind of ready to run bashing scene. Yeah. You know, um, 
uh, it's, 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 it's pretty it's a, it's a big brand on a global level isn't it yeah it's um i mean it's one thing that uh we'd like to be we're, we're going up against people like traxxas and mm. tamia and i mean okay maybe not tamia because that's a hard, always a hard one because they are a big brand but they are mainly a plastic model kit which people don't which people don't see in the rc side is yeah uh it's probably not as huge a ready to run market but uh we're going we're going up against people like kaosha mm, mm. uh but traxxas is the big the big one. Oh uh, yeah the one, yeah the one that everyone wants to uh wants to beat and that's basically our we need to be better than them we're both delivering excellent products uh customer service we've got the backing of horizon now mm -hmm. and it's something that hopefully over the next i mean we're still in our infancy with horizon mm -hmm. uh, but the group of guys in the uk who are designing the product are still the same group of guys all right okay and, and is that so, still what you're doing these days you know so you're still yeah. within the industry so, and when working for armor now yeah so basically for the last ooh, three years now since Three years, I think, since we stopped with uh, Durango, mm -hmm. basically working on the Armour brand. Right, right. And we've done uh, great products over the last few, well, few years. Got a picture on my wall with all of, all of the guys and all of our cars that we got asked to like, pick our favourite car and mm -hmm. we all had our team photo taken with. Oh, cool. Oh, because we have done really, I mean, a lot of the guys, we're all really proud of the cars we've done, mm -hmm. the under the radar because they're not racing, but yeah, they yeah. are uh, getting plaudits uh, in the bashing world for how tough they are. Innovation, basically the innovation that we've learned through racing, we can now pass on and put into RTR cars and get them handling better. So it's not just something with friction dampers that bobs around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cheap. Yeah. It's Cheap and cheerful doesn't cut it anymore. It's got to the quality. It's got to last. It's got to basically have the seven shades of beat kicked out of it. Yeah, yeah. And then come back for more and just keep coming back. I mean, some of the stuff we see the guys doing now where they're jumping like 30, 40 feet over the... Yeah, yeah. Like stuff that you take your motocross bike on. And they're yeah, taking yeah, our cars yeah. over it. And we, we look at them and think, like, okay, we've tested, our, tested them at like BMX tracks gone big with them but they're going like way bigger than we next level yeah yeah and yeah, they're no. coming back for more and we just that's i mean we had one the video one of the guys said like we should be proud about the car that we cars that we produce now because they are they're amazing vehicles so mm, the, mm. For, the, for the amount of if we went, went back right to the start of this interview now and said like how much our first rc car was yeah, yeah. and how fragile it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Your batteries would... You couldn't get five minutes out of it because the batteries would go flat. If you hit something hard in the cold weather, it would tear the corner off. Yeah, yeah. And now I... we've got to do that all over the world in like hot weather, in cold weather, and it's got to do the stuff that you can only imagine. And it's got to do video game stunts in yeah, the real yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's I'm just having a, I just had a quick, quick click onto the Armour website, and, you know... Fantastic little website and some awesome looking bits of bits of kit there, you know, the short course trucks and the, the big monster yeah. trucks truck and the sort of eighth rally cross cars you've got there and the short courses and things, you know, look absolutely awesome. And I know um 
you know, my I've got two young boys and, and they watch these, you know, YouTubers. Like, there's there's a, a lot they watch called the sharers, you know, these yeah. family of kids that have got Lamborghinis and a whopping great house in the States, you know, and they're often doing a bit of RC as well. And and I've seen some of the armor cars on, 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 on their YouTube channel and, you know, they're thrashing them across. They put paddle tars on them and take them across a the lake, you know, oh, yeah. and they do all this other crazy stuff and huge jumps with them and, and other things. So, you know, you know, absolutely you know brilliant bits of kit and like you say for for three or four hundred pounds now you're getting a 70 mile an hour brushless car that can take an absolute pounding that that can run for you know 20 minutes half an hour on a charge and you know absolutely amazing bang for your buck and, and like you say from the you know the obviously the, the the small scene of racing you know i'm sure the um you know this this kind of ready to run must probably sell 10 to 1 of the race kits you know it'd be interesting to see the statistics you know but i know i know that um quite a few companies were saying that the you know the rock crawling scene as well you know that's a really really big scene and again yeah. the amount of kits and and accessories that they sell for that compared to the race side is 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 absolutely incredible but you know i think we've got we've got to thank really i suppose that that companies like armor and, and people like yourselves for the rtr stuff to keep the racing going and keep the industry going really because without you know without the consumers buying these rtr cars you know we wouldn't have the investment in the the race teams and the race designers and, and everything else that goes with it so you know it's a it's, it's a good thing really yeah yeah i think um uh, it's uh just one of those things that don't think people realize in racing i certainly didn't and it's, mm. uh, it is uh it's nice when now we can do now it's kind of weird now racing's become a hobby again Mm-hmm. Well, it did become my job. It's now back to being my hobby. So now I'm sat here with my car on its setup blocks and like trying to work out uh, what's bent from my, from yesterday's <laughs> race. <laughs> you don't. You surely you don't crash a man of your talent. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I just the crashes I have are bigger than they used to be. <laughs> I suppose you're pushing on, you know, and yeah, yeah. like you say, the the the, the accidents it, are more spectacular when you're trying to keep up with these youngins these days. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, wicked! Oh, that's cool. So that's that's been spot on, you know. So and so, so obviously you're um running your um associated cars now, like like we spoke about at the beginning of the interview there. So mm. you, what what were your sort of plans with your with your racing coming up? Are we going to be seeing um you back on the national scene, or are you just going to do some club stuff for fun? Or, no, or, or I what do a lot of a lot of club racing around here. Um, mm-hmm. There's a local club uh, that I go to uh, called Manor RC. They race just down mm-hmm. the road, uh, it's like eight miles from my house. They start at two. It's again. Oh, oh brilliant! Yeah, so it, it doesn't they, impact on family life and things. Yeah, you know? and it's a guy that I met at my first ever race meeting. Ah, okay. Again, it's come back full circle. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he and what? Are they, what indoors on on carpet? Is it on a on a Sunday yeah. afternoon? Yeah. So it's two. Uh, with doors open at like one forty-five. It's on black mm-hmm. EOS carpet. Um, All right. Yeah. Go down. Everyone sets the track up. It's a pretty big hall. It's really warm uh we get uh well yesterday was like uh one of their uh, club meet uh like the trophy meeting as they call it so it's mm-hmm. one of the rounds of the series so it's full six seats of eight drivers which is enough for an afternoon yeah brilliant so yeah you start at two uh mm-hmm. you finish at well we're out of the hall and home by six well out of the hall by six yeah yeah and oh, in that time we get four rounds of qualifying and final oh excellent and so oh. Then, like, you go back and ask why I don't do workshop where I've just done exactly the same amount of racing in 12 hours. Yeah, 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 I'll bet, I'll bet. Uh, so, yeah, it's great. And also now, uh, I've also got a, a young daughter, and she occasionally races, but 
we go on a uh, a Friday night to a local club. And uh, this is real old school racing. Mm-hmm. Egg, it's uh, a kitchen egg timer. Oh my god! <laughs> right. five, five minutes, no lap yeah. time, no lap time. Oh. oh blimey! So basically, you turn up. It's free tea, coffee, and pop all night. All right, pop, yeah, yeah. So like, pop for all you southerners will be. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. For, uh, for coke, uh, <laughs> and basically. Uh, they have like it's a really small hall. It's probably three lanes wide and maybe five lanes long, if that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's small, uh, but they race minis. So guys who go racing there, Jamie Booth. All right, yeah. Dave Bailey. Uh, oh blimey, that's the leg- legendary yeah, names. So just it's real. I mean, I ended up um, meeting guys who. I idolised when I was a kid at racing. So Jamie, real. Mm, mm. A lot of people know who Jamie is. And yeah, he's yeah. become one of uh, one of the best friends mm. in racing. And basically, uh, watching him and his lad race the minis together is hilarious. And <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've seen the photos of them, <laughs> yeah. you know, de- destroyed on uh, on Facebook. You know, of Jamie and his lad. Yeah, you, you know what's coming when those two get together on the track. It's just. Very, <laughs> Blimey. And, Excellent. Uh, so my daughter started racing mini, and that's great to just see her because she enjoys going because there's no pressure of lap timing. Yeah, yeah, she just yeah, enjoys just a, going. Yeah, although, that's nice and a good bit of touch, you know, sort of father and daughter time together there. Yeah, and although uh, early on this year at Upal, she wanted to race um, in the like kids race, mm-hmm. which they just have a one-off kids race, no practice. So I put a car down. And she set off, and she set off right near the back because she'd raced before. Mm-hmm. She's probably only done like three, four actual meetings in a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she set off near, the, really close to the back. By the end of mm-hmm. the first lap, she was second, and then she had a race long battle with this lad who does actual racing, and he set mm-hmm. off way back. And she didn't crash for like five minutes and won. Wow! So Brilliant. Yeah, Pressure That's was actually awesome. Me. Yeah, yeah. Pressure was on for me for the weekend because she got a trophy and I'd not. <laughs> <laughs> so when not it came around to the yeah, when it yeah. came around to like the B five, well, I was like, right, I've got to, I've got to pull my finger out now. I've got to get this. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. Luckily, I did all right and I ended up coming home with a trophy as well. Oh, excellent! Uh, so it's all, all, all smiles on the way home then. Yeah, although she points out that mine only says third on it and hers says first. Oh, there you go. So watch, watch out! There could be another scalding uh, hitting uh, the racing scene soon. You know? I don't think so. I think she just she just enjoys going and having fun. She sees, uh, well, I or Dave's uh, daughter, who's my mm-hmm. niece. They both race in the mini class together, so it's great watching those. Just two a bit around. of fun, yeah, yeah. And it's back to how it should be. It, like, yeah, it, it, exactly. It's gone full circle. It, but they're not even lap counting. It's just from yeah. three quid racing on a Friday night. We start at seven and we're finished at nine. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, spot on. That sounds good. Excellent. Good. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, that's brilliant, Adam. So, you know, I think we'll probably wrap it up. That'll take enough of, uh, enough okay. of your no, evening. And you. I, I, know you're, right. I know you're a busy man and it's, you know, me, me and you haven't spoken, uh, you know, since, uh, well, I think when when we had a chat before the interview, there probably been about 11 years since we spoke. spoke. So, no, really yeah. nice to have a proper catch up yeah. rather than just seeing what we've been up to on Facebook. Have to do and it again. Yeah, have to do it again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's nice, nice to have a catch up for sure. And, uh, you know, maybe if I'm out on my travels at work, I'll have to chuck the push bike in the car go for a ride or do something or other or maybe bring yeah. me up, bring me stuff up and come to this uh you know to some of your race meetings maybe that'd be quite good fun yeah or they give, or they, or they give me a good thrashing but there we are. Uh, someone take you out on the mountain bike yeah 
There you go. Good, 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 good. Get me off that road bike. Yeah. Excellent. All right, then. Well, thanks a lot for your time. Really appreciate thank it. Yeah. Really good. No, thank you. Really good Been to great. catch up. And um, and uh, yeah, I'll catch up. With, well, hopefully, we'll catch up with you again soon. Yeah, be good to. All the best. Cheers, Adam. Thank thanks a lot. Cheers, Adam. Bye. Bye.